1: 18 plus. Hola amigos, this is Ray Hudson from BN Sports and Sirius XMFC and you are listening to Barca Talk. Today on Barca Talk, a 5-0 win in the Copa del Rey sent Leganes out of the tournament, but Barcelona remain lethargic on the pitch. The transfer window has closed and the squad is left thin, and we scout Levante for Sunday's match in La Liga Hello and welcome to Barca Talk. I'm Brian Henderson, your host in Buffalo, New York. And joining me from Madrid is your co-host and tactical analyst, Gabriel Quiroga. Brian, Brian, my Barca brother from another mother. What's going on in Buffalo, my friend? I'm taking Chantix right now. Oh. And it has some interesting side effects. Uh, so I'm trying to quit smoking again. It's going well. Um, and the Chantix is a very helpful medication for me. It's the most successful drug I've ever tried to try to quit smoking. It, it, like, it actually worked once before, mm. and then I relapsed. But that was, you know, that was on me. That wasn't Chantix's fault. But so I'm taking Chantix, and there are some interesting side effects of taking Chantix. Like, I get a little bit um, subdued. Mm. Not depressed. It's more like what I imagine happens for um, people with depression when they're on Prozac. Okay. You know, there's this almost a kind of level of detachment. Sure, sure. So, so that's where I'm at right now. How are you? I'm giddy, man. Oh, giddy. Yeah, got I got the Super Bowl this weekend. Um,
0: I just put in my notice at <laughs> my old job. Yeah. Um, big changes. Big changes. Exciting things. Exciting things. And, yeah, I'm just, you know, everything else is going well. But uh, on the other hand here, this Barca team still still dragging for me. You know, we'll talk about that in the, in the warm-up, but – you know, I'm pretty giddy and uh, pretty excited, and more importantly, just with the Super Bowl. I love the Super Bowl. I have, I'm have i going out with some friends on Sunday night, so it should be a really great time.
1: Yeah, yeah. This, is in fact, is our Super Bowl Sunday special. We're putting this out on Sunday morning so that we don't have to talk about the Levante match, because we're both going to be watching the Super Bowl at the time Barcelona's playing Levante. And I have to say to you, I don't even remember the last Super Bowl I watched. Oh. It's been a long time. Yeah. But since the 49ers are in it now, we're throwing a Super Bowl party at our house on Sunday, and we're going to be making cauliflower buffalo wings. Okay. Because we're going a little bit more plant based with our diets these days. Okay. And we're making a signature cocktail called a Red 49, oh. which is similar to a French 75, if you're familiar. But it'll, it'll so it'll have champagne, uh, gin, one other thing and some sham board. Wow. That's where we get the red. I see, I see, I see. Little cranberry liqueur. Yeah. Better not yeah. you better not have more than 3 of those or you'll be on the ground. I'm <laughs> I'm going to be I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> but that game is long, you know, yeah, with all the commercials, sure. the halftime show alone is like a, an hour. Well the the problem here is they don't show the commercials cuz they don't have the rights. Oh, you
0: don't even get to see no, so they, the they other ha- cool part. No, so they have these two guys that just dissect what's going on to educate the audience who doesn't know what you know American football is. So that's why it's so much better to watch at a bar here because if you don't and you watch at home, it drags even more.
1: Yeah, seriously. Because at least the ads are fun if yeah. you're not really into the game or if it turns out to be not a great game, which sometimes happens with Super Bowls. But from what I hear, the Chiefs have a really exciting offense. The – 49ers have a great defense and their own kind of interesting running game, so I th- I think it will be a good game to watch. Yeah, that's- and you know that's the other thing nice thing about having a party is just have friends over and you just hang out. And if the if the game sucks, whatever, you're hanging out with your friends and you're having drinks and having a good time anyway.
0: Yeah, you're drinking those red 49s. <laughs> Hell yeah!
1: <laughs> oh, I should do a pool. Yeah. Well, let's get into Barca talk. That is, after all, what the show is called. We should fulfill our duties of talking about Barca. Uh, First thing we should get into is the fact that the Rodrigo deal, or a pending Rodrigo deal, fell through this week since we last spoke. There was talk, in fact, there were agents in town, there were serious talks of bringing Rodrigo Moreno over from Valencia to Barcelona to take over in a center-forward position, a number 9 spot, and then down the toilet. Yeah, it was...
0: This week has been so interesting, I guess is the word I want to use, because, you know,
1: I think we were... Because you can't use a stronger word. Yeah,
0: I mean, well, the thing is, is yeah. like we've been we've been linked with every forward that had one year left on a contract. I mean, you, on Twitter, it was every single forward, you know? But this Rodrigo one, because he would had to do a medical in Barcelona, it just seemed really convenient that he was going to get transferred that day, and all of a sudden... I was watching the TV and it's like the 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 signing is imminent. It's coming this hour, this hour, this hour. And then all of a sudden, I came home from work and it's like Rodrigo, no Barcelona. And I was like, what 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 happened? <laughs> what, what what did I miss? You know? And maybe
1: they uncovered some uncomfortable tweets yeah. he made years ago. <laughs> and so again, I don't know
0: what the board is thinking. I, we're just trying to throw any number nine into this. We're trying to negotiate with no idea. And again, it's the same idea, you know. I was telling you this before we recorded. I thought the strength of this board was that we had money and that we right. were fiscally responsible. And the idea that we didn't have enough money to sign this forward is baffling to me because then it just trickled down. It's like, why are we getting rid of all these other players when they're not even really making any money for us? What's going on?
1: <laughs> so the justification for not signing Rodrigo in the in the 11th hour was money? Yeah. Yeah. Not enough.
0: Yeah. They couldn't get to the 60 mil release mm. clause. And again, you know, I told you that I was on board with the Rodrigo deal because I think he would be a decent fit. But again, anytime the board tries to sign a number nine, it's basically covering up a lot of other holes, right? Because everyone was clamoring, we need a number nine because of Luis Suarez's injury. But honestly, is a, is another number nine going to really help us that much? I don't think so because we have so many other problems. And the number nine is going to get the front page, you know, because it's a sexy, uh, pick. It's a sexy player, this type of thing, right? But we need more help, right? And we saw in last night's match, we still have a lot of problems. Even though we won five nothing, I'm telling you, Brian, we still have a lot of issues. And going forward, I just really have no faith. You know, I told you about the Cedric Bakambu, uh, problem that just happened too, where this is a player who had played in La Liga before. Abidal calls his agent and tells him, you know, that they're interested, come to Barcelona. And then in like the ninth hour on his flight to Dubai, they tell him to go back. Is Bakambu going to solve our problems? No, he's not. And that's why we have all these issues. You know, we still are losing
1: players, our youth players. You know, we've lost two of them already. I think one thing's for sure. Eric Abidal is definitely not going to solve our problems. This is this is a fact. Yeah. (laughs) Again, I don't know. I don't know if he's being hampered. Right. Because I, I think he's just the
0: front man and he has decided to be the puppet for this board because, you know, I ultimately think that Abidal has the club's best interest. But since the board hired him, he has his allegiance to them.
1: Right. Yeah. And so he's he's more the public face of whatever rottenness is going on behind
0: Exactly. And the thing is, you know, when you have, you know, we've talked about these release clauses, they're set in stone, essentially, you're basically negotiating the player's salary. But once you start scouting a player, it's no surprise what his release clause is, you know, so if you can't spend more than 50, don't even target him. (laughs) I mean, it's not, you know, (laughs) this happened with Atletico and and Paris Saint-Germain with Cavani, like Cavani's release clause was 20 million. Okay. And Paris was like, we have enough money. We're not going to negotiate that transfer release clause. And I'd like to he's like, come on, please, please. And they didn't get him. So, yeah, before you do your due diligence,
1: make the budget. If you can't go over 40, don't even target those players. Exactly. It's like, yeah, I would love to buy a new car. (laughs) And even if I had enough credit or good enough credit to get the financing, if I don't have the down payment, I'm not even going to go to the lot.
0: And this is this is all the Twitter rumors, you know, it's like we're Mm -hmm. trying to get these high price number nines that are costing more than 40 mil and we can't even afford a a player of a 20 mil release clause, essentially, you know, this is just a string of events that continues with this board, you know, the board, you know, they've always said they're making this money. This is why they're so successful. But they cannot sign the players. And this goes back to what we talked about before. The whole Coutinho issue, the players that we we're buying for so expensive transfer fees and not promoting our Masia players. We're, we're just overspending on these free agents that are not working out.
1: Why did we let
0: El Casar go? Yeah, exactly. Now he's back in Valencia. Oh. Yeah.
1: He's back home. Yeah, and
0: do you think he's <laughs> going to be comfortable, happy, and motivated to play? Yes. I mean, that <laughs> partnership is going to be really strong with him and Rodrigo up there. I mean, Paco Alcazar, right? You know, when he went to Dortmund, he had early success where he was scoring a lot of goals. Now, he hasn't been on fire this much this season, but now when you have been tested overseas, you know, in a different country and he was able to be successful and then you come back home essentially, I mean, it's a dream for him. He's going to have a really good second half season, I believe.
1: Yeah, that's like a hero's return. Yeah. Folks, we're in our third season now, and we've grown a lot in that time, but we've been doing it for free this entire time. If we're going to continue making Barca Talk, we need your support so that we can put even more work into it and grow that much more. You can become a monthly supporting member on Patreon or make a one-time donation. Visit the link in the details for this episode to go to our support page and choose your preferred method of supporting the show. One of the benefits of supporting the show is exclusive content. Today, in the members-only segment, we talk about the transfer of Carlos Perez to Roma, new signings by the club who won't arrive until next season, and we field the comments and questions that came from our members. Join up now, and you can be a part of that conversation, too. The link at the top of the episode details in your podcast app will take you to our support page so you can become a member. So for everybody now, let's do a quick scouting report of the match that's happening on Sunday, February 2nd, a.k.a. Groundhog's Day, a.k.a. Super Bowl Sunday. In Spain, it will be match day 22 in La Liga, and Levante is going to be visiting the Camp Nou. Just a couple of things to say about this. First of all, Levante, they're 13th in the league, squarely mid-table and Barca lost to Levante 3 to 1 in the first leg on match day 12 at the Ciutat de Valencia. So, will Levante fail to play up to Barca in the Camp Nou the way they did at their home ground? Yes. <laughs> That's the will. thing I'm because th- I've been thinking about their home advantage. Barca's yeah. home advantage lately and we've noticed all of these cracks, all of these deficiencies in the squad and in the energy level and in the press, a lack of press. And yet their home record is flawless yeah. this season I mean well they're undefeated they've had a couple of draws, but that's pretty spotless and I think that it's not because Barca plays so much better at home it's that certain clubs like Leganes well, <laughs> when they come to the Camp Nou they they don't play as well as they might in their home ground
0: which is weird because the Camp Nou has kind of lost its luster in the last two years but for whatever reason I just think at the Camp Nou we're able to convert our goals earlier and more often therefore we always get a lead whereas on the road where we start slow and that's kind of been our mo lately you know we get down early and then we have to fight back whereas in the camp no for whatever reason well not whatever reason i know i mean they're just it's homegrown you know it's it's our home cooking
1: but again but i i I almost feel like it's it has something to do with just the dimensions of the pitch uh and and the home crowd yeah but it's funny because more than how they're playing
0: yeah but it's funny because I think the home crowd has been kind of invisible this last year. For example, like in in the last three matches, it just feels there has been less socis there, less kind of energy and more tourists that don't really know what's going on. And it just feels like preseason matches to me when I'm watching from the television. Yeah. Now, again, obviously the dimensions always help, but we always talk about that, that it's wider and obviously we're able to utilize all the space. But I also think, you know, just being super comfortable there and more importantly, we always have been able to score first. And that's kind of really led to this really good record. Whereas on the road, we see to see we come under barrage, we give up an early lead and all of a sudden we're just chasing the game.
1: Yeah. And that's exactly what we're going to have to go up against when we're on the road in Bilbao at the San Mamés in the next round of Copa del Rey. I'm so
0: scared with that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I can just see us getting shelled, you know, just because of our road performances. But, you know, with this match against Levante, I definitely think that we will, you know, score some goals. And more importantly, it's going to be interesting to see what formation Setien goes with, because in the last match against Legonez it was more of a 4-3-3 with Griezmann at the top and Fatih on the left. And you could see a little bit more dynamic play However, we were still, we had a lot of holes in the midfield and that's where, you know, you have to kind of decide going forward. do I want the three back system and have more midfielders where I can have more opportunities to control and possess or go with the 4-3-3 where there's going to be more counterattacking opportunities for the other team.
1: No, exactly. Yeah, that's clearly the choice. Well, let's dive in into reviewing this match against Leganes because this was probably the most boring five nothing game I've ever watched. Certainly, the most boring Barcelona five nothing game I've ever watched.
0: I know it's crazy, right? I mean,
1: they... it was low energy on both sides. Not yeah. much of a press from Leganes, and we got no... five goals, which is great. But overall, it was like a snore fest. And and the goals were just kind of
0: not that spectacular, really. They were just kind of just like, especially the first Griezmann goal. He kind of mishit it went through the guy's legs and he hit the goal and Messi's deflection. And obviously I would say Messi's second goal was a really nice finish. But just like you said, there was nobody at the stadium. It was just like so many empty seats, you know, and I don't know if it was because it was a Thursday non-televised match. I mean, here in Spain, it was only on Barca TV because, yeah, because the Copa del Rey now is being televised on the local TV station and they only pick – a handful of games and Barca didn't make the cut this week so the overall again it's the same thing that we've been talking about the malaise of this team has just permeated to the stands and even with the new manager trying to give uh you know more emotion more energy to this team you can see you know the lack of defending I mean how many times did, in the beginning did Leganes have opportunities against us you know again we were chasing a couple times and again yeah fortunately lagunas doesn't have a good striker
1: <laughs> right yeah we just benefited from their lack of finishing yeah but yeah. they were creating chances they were getting counters on
0: again we th- we had the majority of the possession we had you know what 73% possession mm-hmm. but again brian it's just this we have no direct play and it's it's i i don't understand especially you know as a player my thrill was to always go for goal and score. And these players just look like they're just collecting a paycheck and just going through the motions. I mean, I think Griezmann is maybe the only one that's not doing that as much because this is all new to him. And you can kind of tell that. And especially the way he was moving last night. But again, this, just like you said, the mo, I ha- again, I wish I could watch it on 4.5 speed, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so at least they look like they're moving faster, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, Fatih also has energy. He does. He does. But again, I want him to shoot more. Yeah. You know, he's always looking to do that that drag pass in the middle. And again, it works sometimes. Alba did the same thing. And, and I just want to see more shots on goal. That's all I want to see because that's going to open up everything. As we talked about in the last episode, the more times you don't cross the ball or you don't try to do other attacking plays, it's easier for the defense to defend you.
1: Yeah. Jordi Alba did take that one shot. I thought of you when he did that. Because <laughs> it was so uncommon.
0: Yeah. And it was terrible too, you know. It's just like again But he I, did it. I know, I know. And he should do it more. That's the thing. Yeah. Because if he does it more, it just opens up passing lanes. It opens up opportunities for everyone else. And Setien moved Fati to the left side and you could just see how much more dynamic he was on that left side because that's his natural position. And also Griezmann being the point man, he played pretty well
1: too. So we got an early goal. Kind of like we mentioned uh, in that brief talk about the Levante game. At home, uh, we tend to score early, go ahead first, and this is exactly what happened in this case. In the fourth minute, Griezmann gets his goal. Messi set it up with a through ball for Samedo to run on. That very nice play. Then this subtle pass to Griezmann and then finished. I thought it was a finesse shot through the legs of the defender, but you saw it differently.
0: Yeah, I thought it was like a mishit that he kind of hit through the... No, I mean, you know, he's good enough to get away with the mishit, right? (laughs) I mean, mean, for me, if I mishit it, it's not going anywhere, you know? Right, yeah. No, I mean, he... His mishits are like your dream goals. Correct, pretty much. (laughs) So his mishit went through the defender's leg and it got enough angle to pass the keeper. So again, just like you said, we were it's in that position. It's better to be lucky than good. We got the early goal and we were off and running essentially.
1: Yeah. Now, with Setien just coming in, he's still fairly new. I think we're paying more attention to the games to look for differences, look for changes. And in the 28th minute when Longley scored the second goal, it was the second corner kick after after Griezmann had produced a really great chance on goal, but it was deflected out. And up to that point, Barcelona had two free kicks in positions where Messi would have shot on goal normally under Valverde, and then these two corner kicks— And in every case, these dead ball situations, Longley was the target. Messi was taking, and Longley was the target. So their set pieces seem to have changed, and they look more coordinated now than they were under Valverde.
0: Again, I don't understand why teams don't do this more often, because this is something you could practice on the training ground. Come up with two or three set plays to really have an advantage. And I know they do practice this, but... They don't really do almost, you know, like in basketball when you have a set out of bounds play. I wish that more, you know, our team especially would take advantage because with Messi's ability to put the ball where he wants to do it, that's such a supreme advantage, you know. And again, when I was playing, you try to set up a couple ideas, you know, like crossing and so forth. But the person taking the the corner on our team had nowhere near the talent of Messi to put the ball really where you want it. And so, yeah, that's a really good point with the long lay observation because yeah, he was targeted more and you can see he benefited from that set play on the corner kick where he just deflected it. And also he was running near post and he flicked it back again. It was a design play and I, we should take advantage. I mean, one of the things when we had pep, we would always do the short corner and that was fine for a while. But again, another thing about defending Brian corner kicks are the worst to defend, right? (laughs) Yeah. Because of all the mass chaos and such a short portion I remember I always had hated, hated, hated defending the corner kick. I would always be at the top of the box.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I've been a defender in the box. Yeah. And because it's dead when it's coming in from, from the corner, you don't know where it's going to go. And all you can do is try and mark your man.
0: Yeah. And, and that's the thing I try. I was because I always played forward. So I was like, ah, I'm just going to be at the box and be the release valve, you know, for the <laughs> for the press, <laughs> because I just hated the chaos and the defending of that because I actually I take it back. I was I always hated hitting my head with another person's head You're sure. right? because that happened to me a lot when I was a kid. And I was just like, eh, I don't want to do that anymore. So I was always leery about going for headers on corners either way when I was attacking or when I was defending. But again, Take advantage of these opportunities. We have two tall guys, Longley, PK. Use picks, use runarounds, and use Messi's ability to put the ball where he wants to put.
1: Now, in the 59th minute, Messi got his first goal. De Jong sent him with a through ball out on the right. Defenders wound up swarming him in the box, and he still got the shot off. Now, was this the one that you didn't think was that great or was good? It wasn't that good because I think two things with this goal.
0: He should have kicked it with his right foot. Because he tried to drag with, the, he did drag with his left again. This this movement of this play reminded me of the famous goal against Bayern. Except in the Bayern goal, he went right and used his right on the chip. Right, obviously that was a great moment. On this one, he cut it back to his left. It was defended, but he kicked it. It got deflected and went past the keeper.
1: Right, but then the next goal that was a, that was a really nice one. But before we get into that last goal, let's talk about the changes. In the 61st minute, Rakitic came on for Vidal, 64th minute, Firpo came on for Alba, and 72nd minute, Arthur on for Griezmann, and then Arthur scored a few minutes later, 77th minute. It was one of those cases where he caught the second rebound after Fatih took a shot, which was saved, then Messi took a shot off that, that was saved, and then Arthur was there to finally put it away. So what did you think of these changes the selections and the timing.
0: I mean, again, going forward now, the changes, there's, you know, like <laughs> Vidal coming, you know, Vidal starting and not, you know, my love for Del- Vidal, right? So yes. more importantly, are you I, warming up to Vidal at no, all? No, no, not okay. at all. Uh, uh, <laughs> the thing for me, I, I look at this is not so much the players, but the time, the time for me is more important because that just shows you that he values The substitutions for those players to come in and actually try to make a mark on the game because 61, 64, 72, that's perfect for me because that shows that tells me that he had foresight before that he was going to enter these players to try to do something. And Rakitic for me had a decent showing. He had a really nice through ball in that second messy goal before we get to that. But again... To me, it's not so much the players because right now our roster is just not that great. So it doesn't even matter right now if it's Rakitic for Vidal or Vidal for Rakitic, it doesn't matter. But more importantly, it's about the minutes. And again, giving Alba more rest, which we haven't seen ever and Junior Furpo getting more time. And then also Artur, Artur taking a shot finally. And look, he scored.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, we were already up. 3 nothing at that point. So Setien has no problems taking out Griezmann and putting in a midfielder in Arthur. Yeah, and we still get two more goals.
0: Exactly. And that's a good point because Griezmann is the workhorse now. He is the workhorse. He's the one that's pressing. He's the one that's moving all around. You know, there's, there was plays I saw with him where he just making so many diagonal runs that don't get um, the credit you know he's I remember two plays where he ran diagonally and they didn't see him he stopped turned around ran the other way you know and he's always just moving and to me I love watching him because I think it's such an underrated thing his movement you know when you play a lot of times as a forward you just walk I mean we've seen Suarez in the last couple years you know you walk you pick your time It's really hard to just continually run and have that motor going, especially when you're trying to defend it. You know, when you're trying to defend it, you're always trying to keep an eye on it. He's moving, you're trying to keep the ball in front. Things are going to happen, you know? And I just wish, I just wish that our midfield linked up better with
1: Griezmann. Absolutely. I saw so many of those opportunities that just didn't get uh, taken advantage of. The thing is, we always are trying to go through Messi before it goes to Griezmann instead
0: of just. Ignoring Messi sometimes and just going over the top, you know, it's not the true Barca way, right, to go over the top. But sometimes if you have the advantage, go over the top. I mean, especially with Griezmann, he is a type of player that not only can win headers, but also he knows how to control the ball from the top and make a scoring opportunity from it.
1: Right. And you can go over the top once in a while without sacrificing your identity.
0: Exactly. Or possession.
1: Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) So then the fifth goal, 89th minute, Messi's second of the game with the through ball from Rakitic, took Cuellar out of the play and onto the ground, and then he just stuck it in the top netting.
0: Yeah, I mean, this one on that sudden movement where he beat the goalkeeper, that was like the burst of Messi's speed that he has, and the control was just ridiculous. I mean, any other player, that ball kind of scoots off his foot, you know? But Messi's able just to control it smoothly. More importantly, you saw the defender sliding, so if he would have kicked it on the ground, most likely would have been blocked, but the way he just cleared it. I mean, it was just a thing of beauty. The Rakitic ball to see the vision, you know, he's going towards the center and then just kind of dropped it back the other way was a really nice pass. And again, you know, how everyone hates on Rakitic as much as I hate on Vidal, essentially, Um, (laughs) you know, again, I just think we need everyone on this team to pull their weight, you know, but again, I want to see more action, more pressing, more running and, Brian, unfortunately, I don't think we're going to see that this season.
1: No. And, you know, on the Rakitic subject, even on Thursday as the game was being played, the commentators, at least here in the States, were still talking about the possibility of Rakitic getting transferred, loaned out. Well, transferred, more than likely. And and I was just thinking, we've transferred so many people out. Why? You know, <laughs> and I'm glad. So I'm glad they didn't because, yeah. this, again, this squad is really thin. And I just, I just want to have enough players. Again, Brian, as I talked to you at the beginning,
0: you know, it's. I think this is our only competition Yeah. that we're going for. Because when Madrid beat Valladolid on Sunday, I honestly think they clinched La Liga. And I know it's only three points, but Brian, they have shown so much heart and grit and intensity. They've had so many different goal scorers that they were able to continue to win, you know, just like we were able to do last year in La Liga where we were able to pull out those one nothing wins. Madrid's doing that. And I just honestly think they're just not going to be able to turn back and we just won't be able to catch them just because we're going to be so inconsistent for the rest of the season that they just have to win a couple more games and they'll just be able to clinch La Liga. Now with Champions League, it's a crapshoot. You know, Napoli can come up and really hammer us in Napoli. And then all of a sudden that's, we're out of the Champions League. So I honestly think that the Copa del Rey is our only, real chance of getting any trophies this season and that may just vanish going to the mms in the next round because of our road woes and i just don't really see anything changing because we could have brought another nine in you know and you know doing these different formations and we still are lacking that intensity when it comes to defense and more importantly just again we cannot put together a really strong 30 minutes of really good defense with direct football
1: Yeah, well, so two interesting games that we may or may not be able to cover both uh, this week because Copa del Rey's on Thursday against Athletic Bilbao. We have to work out our schedule to try and talk about it, but definitely we'll be able to talk about Levante in our next episode that should be coming out probably Friday. We'll see how the scheduling works. Barca Talk is a production of Sound it Media, written by Gabriel Quiroga and Brian Henderson, produced by Brian Henderson, social media and promotion by Two Point Go. Until next time, Bisca Barca.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Step into the world of power, loyalty